Welcome to Comically Inclined! I am Danny Stewart, founder of Comically Inclined and your host for this podcast. And I am Blake Hickman, the co-owner and digital media director. Blake, uh, it's been a slow news week. Uh, yes. Uh, we had a couple of good things. Uh, you know, Cocaine Bear dropped and beat Ant-Man <laughs> for the first uh, its first opening weekend. It uh, did poor, beat it? Yeah, poor Ant-Man. Um and then, uh, yeah, so uh, they were saying that, like, it couldn't be beaten by uh, the re-release uh, or Avatar 2 being pushed again, but uh, Cocaine Bear has surpassed it over the weekend, so... You put the word cocaine in a movie and people go insane. I mean, what yeah. that that's all it is. Yeah, I was actually watching a clip from, uh, I think, Fallon, maybe, where uh, Tom Hanks has created a diet cocaine drink. You familiar with this? I'm not. It's Diet Coke and champagne, and apparently it's just delicious. <laughs> uh, that does but, not even sound delicious. Uh, well, they say it is. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Blake, uh, do you want to give us some fun news? I do. Let's fire up the rumor mill. All right, uh, right off the bat, let's do the M M M Maggie thing. <laughs> uh, Steven Yeun is uh, rumored to cast a Quaid Century, which I, I think he's a great actor. I just not did, did not expect them to uh, cast him as Century if this is true. We yeah. know how rumors fly and how you know we hear a million things and they never come come to fruition. But uh, I don't know. What's what's your thoughts on this? I mean. Steven Yeun, uh, I wouldn't think of him as my first choice for Sentry. I would think somebody, um, a, a better choice might be to, you know, cast Henry Cavill now that he's free from DC. For sure, for but sure. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be hugely physical to be able to be uh, a superhero. That's kind of implied in the fact that your powers are are more than an average human can could ever have. So I'm okay with it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I'd like to see the costume, see him in the costume and see what he's doing before I really uh, weigh in on whether or not he'd be a good sentry. But he does, in my opinion, he seems like he'd be kind of small. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, I, I mean, like I said, I, I would love to see him in the MCU. I'm just, I'm just not really sure if I really want to see him as that. Because like you said, I mean, Henry Cavill, I feel like would be the perfect person. And or Hyperion. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, see, next on the list, we got Andy Serkis is confirmed to be back as Alfred in Batman 2. So, I feel like we didn't get enough Andy Serkis in the Batfleck movies. Um, or no, it was, I, I apologize, that's the uh Robert Pattinson Batman's uh, right. uh, Alfred again. I, I also agree that I don't, or I believe I don't feel like we got enough uh Andy Serkis as Alfred, and I would like to see him have a little bit bigger of a role in the next one. Uh, and and be a little bit more of Batman's right hand man as he is in the the comics and other movies as opposed to just standing around complaining about how he's risking his life for no reason. Right. I love Andy Serkis too. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, he, he's a very versatile actor as well. I, I think he did a good Alfred. And we also see him in the MCU as Claw and and of course Smeagol's did Smeagol's as well. So kind of shows you his wide variation yeah. of acting. Well, he, One of the few actors who has done Lord of the Rings. DC comics or DC movies and Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. uh, plus, you got to figure like Planet of the Apes. Oh, that's right. Um, he was, yeah, he was big in that. He did some directing uh, too, didn't he? Yeah, he directed. 
I'm something in the past a... few years. Wasn't it? Pretty good. Wasn't it Planet of the Apes? No, no. Andy oh. Circus made. Ben, where are you? Where's our fact checker? Ben should be in the comments now. I don't know where Ben is at, but uh, uh, yeah, Andy Circus did. Was it a Marvel uh, movie? I think it was actually. Hang on, what has Andy Circus directed? Venom. Here, Venom. You, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, was it Venom or Venom Two? Uh, Venom. Uh, it's Venom. Uh, Let yeah. there be carnage. Yeah, Venom Two. Yep. Uh, Billy for the rescue, brother. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, our fact checker extraordinaire Ben is not in the comments for a second week in a row. I'm I'm starting to be concerned for him. Uh, <laughs> you know, I could I could contact my brother in other ways, but I just you know every week I just hope he shows up in the comments and uh, just assume he's all right from there. I and then it's not, you know, Caitlin standing over his dead body pretending to be Ben in the comments. <laughs> uh, Shazam 2 director says uh, he's been asked, you know, is Shazam 2 going to be in the new gun universe that he's kind of going on? And he said there's no sense of changing anything. Uh, this was all done. You can remove me from the studio if you have to. He was done. This was uh, done and completed, you know, prior to gun even coming on and getting hired. Uh, so it's just the way he's kind of talking about things. It really seems like that Shazam 2 may have no continuation whatsoever into the new gun universe that they're doing. Where we thought, you know, it might be part of it, but it's just maybe might be a, uh, another universe type thing, but we'll never, ever, ever be any connections at all. So, yeah. And I think that's kind of been the, uh, the general, uh, assumption that uh that people have been making is that you know they're not gonna very similar to the flash movie they're not gonna badmouth a film that they're currently advertising and currently trying to get right. people to come see but as far as all of that old dceu stuff it's basically done right. like james gunn's not gonna come out and say like we're we're done with the we're done with shazam these movies have been uh not have not performed well uh, he's just going to say, like, this is an Elseworlds story, and uh, there's right. still room for the Flash to be in the DC universe. Yeah, because they're still trying to make money off these. I mean, so <laughs> regardless what they're going to be a part of or not. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, it's it's kind of the reason they put blinders on for the Ezra, the whole Ezra Miller issue. Um, you know, yeah. same same situation. He's, uh, um, you know, they're still just trying to sell the movie, you know. Right, 100%. Uh, also, next gun has pretty much confirmed that Steve Agee will be returning as John Economist, uh, or as you said, Die Beard. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is a uh, Waller's aid uh, in the continuation uh, of the gun universe that's going to be built. So, yeah, and uh, while that's not the biggest superhero news, you know, it's yeah. like cool. He's going to be sitting behind a desk and being smarmy. Um, it's at the same time, I'm glad that they're keeping that whole peacemaker family together. Uh, probably right. one of the best things to come out of the DCEU was to give Gunn the opportunity to turn a very unknown superhero, uh, into I'm back on, on this screen there, uh, a very unknown superhero, uh, an opportunity to shine and, uh, show that it, you don't, it doesn't necessarily matter if, uh, if you're, well-known or not it's about how you tell the stories and how you produce them and who the, how the writing is and stuff like that you know it's a it's the same thing you prove with guardians of the galaxy and uh um you know again peacemaker was mostly a cast of non-superheroes and still a very entertaining show to watch i'm glad to keep it viola davis too as waller i think she does a great waller so <clears throat> yeah the woman king yeah 
I've yet to watch that yet, too. It's on streaming now, too. It's on HBO Max. Someone told me the other day, even though it's not historically accurate or whatever, if you're just watching it for like entertainment-wise, that it's really, really good, actually. Yeah, yeah. the list of movies I love that aren't historically accurate is a hell of a lot longer than the list of movies I love that are historically accurate. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Avengers 5 writer, Jeff Loveness, actually teases that he will be working with Florence Pugh's character in the uh, Avengers Five movie. So that kind of, you know, he, said, he talks about working with John's Majors, Florence Pugh, and he names can't remember one one other actor. So that kind of tells us right there that we're going to get Elena and Avengers Five. So, yeah, and I, I mean, she's our Black Widow, and out of all of the newest yeah. characters that have been introduced, you know, uh, Taskmaster, uh, mm -hmm. Stature. Uh, she Hulk. Uh, I would say that Yelena has had the best uh, reception um, out of all those characters. So I'm really excited to see yeah. her getting more uh, more work. Um, I'm really excited to see her staying in the MCU, and I'm really mm -hmm. excited to see that that version of the Black Widow is going to get to take front and center stage because she was hilarious. Yeah. Like, no. Yes. <laughs> it, it took. It took. Uh, um, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Uh, Scarlett Johansson, like six, seven films that she was in mm -hmm. before she got to have her own solo Black Widow movie. Yeah. And then Florence Pugh just stole every scene she was in, you know? She did. Uh, so, and, and like it's yeah. the perfect amount of comedies. Like it, it was great. So many one liners to repeat. <laughs> You're a poser. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, see, also Jeff loved this comment. So people are asking him about Fantastic Four. You know, uh, are we going to get that in in Avengers Five? Because uh, that comes out on Valentine's Day, twenty twenty four. Is that correct? I believe. Uh, yes. And he said honestly, he says that he probably won't even be using those characters in that movie. Obviously, this could be a huge mislead. Uh, you know, he's yeah. obviously not going to tell us that that family if he's, that family is going to be in that uh, movie or not. But we did get Kevin Feige telling us that they are going to be a huge pillar of the MCU moving forward. So after we get their that their movie coming out, I don't see how we're not going to get them. Like, I, I think it's literally just a misdirect. He's not wanting to get shot by the Marvel sniper is, is what's going on. That bit of information that you just gave me has me so excited for some of the better Fantastic Four storylines where the Sue Reed... Uh, ben and Johnny team were not around and someone else was filling their vacancy uh, like She-Hulk, Spider-Man. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. There's been some other really great fill-ins for the um, the Fantastic Four. And uh, it would be really cool if established Marvel characters remembered who the Fantastic Four were or researched who they were or discovered who they were. And the whole first fantastic four film is them going to save the fantastic four out of like the quantum realm or space or right. uh, who, who knows where, uh, but are the negative zone, the negative zone would be awesome. Um, as opposed to us just getting like the Krasinski uh, Reed Richard showing up in a movie out of nowhere. And we're like, what, what where did you guys come from? Right. The, I still love the idea that this fantastic four that we're getting in the MCU will have existed in the MCU prior to uh, Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, Almost yeah. like, I think weren't we saying before, like maybe like, I mean, I guess maybe like you're saying the negative zone where they might've been from the seventies or eighties. And now they're just coming back into our, our regular time. They've been there way, way before. Yeah. And, and then they could tell 
tell their story through like a series of flashbacks about the things the fantastic four did 20 30 years ago oh that Um, would be and then it would make right and it it would be this new team that of heroes that are already established in the mcu as a fantastic four team trying to free the fantastic four from Mm -hmm. negative zone or whatever maybe mole man has just been holding them underground for 40 years uh but and then uh um you know, we get flashbacks to an older MCU that takes place in like, you know, the 70s, which we've only gotten like that one scene in uh, uh, Endgame. Endgame. Yes. It took place in the 70s. And uh, and and then we get a modern Fantastic Four that has just been around for much longer than all the rest of these superheroes. I want to see flashbacks to the 70s. If, if they do a Fantastic Four alone, that's cool. But also, you know how we got Hank Pym you know, Stark working together. I want to see a 70s flashbacks of some Avenger team-ups. May not have to be called Avengers, but, you know, they could call it something else. Uh, I'm sure you could probably name off some names that some groups are called in the past that was more than just Avengers. But that, yeah. that would be really neat to see some 70s-style uh, action scenes like that with some groups together. Yeah, well, they've, they've kind of ruined some of the better ones like Heroes for Hire or um, mm. The Defenders was a big one from, from that time period. Uh you know, and and a lot of the superhero teams that debuted in that time period are still around. Uh, right. You know, you've got your Guardians of the Galaxy, which is Space Avengers, and then you've got you know, uh, well, the X Men debuted before then, but then you've got like uh, X Factor. I I would say turned out of that same period. Um, so X Factor in the comics, uh, and stop me if you know this, but in the there was the original team: Beast, Cyclops, Iceman, Jean, uh, and Angel. And they all got captured on um, the living island, Krakoa. And Charles put together a whole new team that included Wolverine. And that's when Wolverine joined the X-Men and sent okay. him to rescue the original X-Men. So their whole book was the, this new team of X-Men. So um, they became the X-Men. And then that original X-Men team became X-Factor. Um, and nice. it spun out of those stories. And then in, in the, the preceding years, they've gone back to like Scott and the main team being the X-Men again. But... Uh, right. X Factor is still around. Anyway, yeah. got another uh, Fantastic Four. That's just some some comic. Uh, yeah, I did forget to mention earlier. I've been asked if you cut the Mohawk off. So you did look about three inches shorter. Yeah, I I woke up this morning and uh, I looked in the mirror and I said, you know what, kind of kind of tired of this thing. So I uh, I shaved it off. So don't let that guy go. You don't even look like the same person anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hair. It'll grow back. It's true. Uh, so also we have another Funko Pop release. You know, we get a lot of these Funko Pop releases before the movies. Uh, we don't really get a whole lot of these characters released before we know what characters are, are going to be in a series or in, in a uh, cinematic or in, in the cinema or movies or whatever. But so we're getting a Funko Pop named Kahori, which looks like a, a Native American person with some blue face paint. You got some blue feathers. It's kind of like a tan outfit with some blue markings on it. Uh, this person does not have a comic origin. Uh, but it is going to be a character coming from Marvel's What If Season 2. Uh, but we have no idea who this character is or what this character does or anything. But Funko has released it on uh, a pop figure. And then uh, whatever that company is that does like the soda cans where they put the characters on it, it's on that. It's on those two. Is it the the little like Funkos that come in the soda cans? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, or is I, it... I think that's what it is. I think yeah, that's right. that's still Funko. Okay. Um that's like they're like hyper collectibles too. And those things are like $15 a piece. Like it's, it's more expensive to get those little soda can ones than it is to get the regular. Oh, wow. huh. Yeah. 
Um, cause I was going to get what we were in New York when we were in New York, um, there was a vending machine full of them that I was going to get one out of it, but it was like $20 for one of them. And I was like, Jesus, that's just so stupid. Like I'm not paying this for that. It's like, kind of neat I, to have it in a vending machine though. Why would I get it out of this vending machine? That's what cigarettes cost here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. just take up smoking. Hey, we got Taylor Burton in the comments. He uh, was out last week, which Taylor, I wore your shirt. Your beautiful face. He did. He was wearing the Taylor Burton as a sexy mountain man t-shirt that you can find on comicallyinclined.com with the rest of our merch. Uh, great selection there. Go to the website and check it out. Uh, if you're not wearing comically inclined shirts, you're just wrong. And in case you're wondering, Taylor, I did, you know, slept in that shirt that night after the podcast and cried in it, filled it with tears just because you weren't on the show. So it's good to have you back. He actually called me crying. And I was well, like, Blake, it's it's gonna be okay. And he was like, I just don't know anymore. <laughs> Literally, anytime I have issues with sleeping or I'm really just, you know, teared up over anything, Danny's soothing voice is what puts me to sleep every time with calmness. So Yeah, I sing to him. <laughs> I uh, I pick up my phone and I say, Blame it all on my roots. I showed up in boots. <laughs> his favorite his favorite song. Oh man, I'm not gonna lie, it brings back memories for me. So that's why he sings it every time. It takes me back to when I was five, takes me back to when I was six years old. <laughs> uh, our human relations specialist and fact check checker extraordinaire Ben is in the comments now. Everyone say hi to Ben. Uh, F in the chat for Ben's COVID symptoms last week. I guess he's feeling better this week. <laughs> Oh, uh, see, Ant Man. You know, there's still talk going on about Ant Man. People are really starting to speculate now. The more they rewatch this movie, if you're like me and seeing it over three or three times or more, uh, you know. Didn't you do your like fourth rewatch last week, or did you not make it to that? No, I did. I did. I did. I, did, I, did, I watched it three days in a row, and <laughs> Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. <laughs> but uh, let's see. People are really starting to wonder if there, you know, the chemistry between Kang and Janet. You know, did they hook up? Oh, is there something going on there? Because, you know, they did have quite a few time together. Uh, and, I mean, I'm not going to lie. You can't help but wonder because, I mean, they, they did get fairly close. And they did spend a lot of time together trying to figure out how to power up that thing. I I I uh, Last week when I guessed it on uh, Saturday Night Nerds, Emperor um, King was like – the whole time we were talking about Ant-Man kept bringing up how uh, everybody in the quantum realm was blowing Janet's back out. <laughs> he just kept saying it. And I was like, I was dying. I'm just like over here on this end, like trying to be like, yeah, comic, you know, this movie was good and things happened. He's like, yeah, Janet was getting her back blown out. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> well, <laughs> I was dying. Oh, by uh, Bill freaking Murray. <laughs> yeah. Deontay was there for that. It was a good time. <laughs> Uh oh, so X Men '97. We actually have gotten some news that we are actually going to get at least four seasons of X Men '97, which comes out fall 2023 of this year. Or well, I guess this year is 2023, so it comes out this year in fall. But uh, they are already uh, working on season two. Season one's complete; it's ready to roll out. There's waiting for the date to come, and season two is already in production. So, so I uh, did very promising. It, it, in my intro, I mentioned this, but I did some quick math on that. Uh, if they follow the years, 97, 98, 99, the fourth season will take place in the year 2000. The do you think is. that Cerebro is going to shut down due to Y2K? Or do you think that they're going to write that into the show that they're all freaking out that the computers are all going to stop working? Y2K bug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, season two of uh, X-Men 97. Uh, X-Men 97, yep. Yeah, um, four seasons of it. Season one's done. It's ready to raw fall this year, and they're already working on season two. So, 
Yeah, I'm 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 apprehensive because it's so scary for me that they're touching something that I love so much. Because oh, yes. if it goes wrong, I, I I won't hate Marvel, but there's gonna be a piece of me that's always yeah. gonna resent that they messed with something that was so important to me I, as a child. I feel like they have to know this because I mean I'm gonna be honest with you. That's one of the foundation blocks of my love for Marvel. Is that cartoon right there? Yeah, because I, I didn't grow up reading comics like you, and, and a lot of people did. Uh, I just didn't. I just didn't have them around. So my my start for my love of Marvel was the '90s uh, X Men and the '90s Spider Man. Came on, you know, Fox Twenty Three, uh, and man, I think they know that if they miss this up, they're going to be railed by so many people. So I, it has to be <laughs> like Janet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not, not, no, not railed in a good way like Janet, railed in a bad way. (laughs) You know, uh, Hank slept with uh, a lady one time, but he, she just wasn't, she wasn't her, baby. She just wasn't Janet. (laughs) Oh, man. Let's see what else we got on. And Janet was like, don't ask me my body count. Yeah. (laughs) This this number's not even important. Why why, why do we have to talk about this? But but Hank, what was your number? <laughs> yeah. Why why you have to say what's important? I just want to know it's not important. So why would you tell me, Hank? He's just like, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's see. So we get our first promo of Flash season nine. And we get teased that already that uh, the Arrowverse Batwoman is going to be returning. Uh, I think that I can't remember. It's like a quick, I think she's like in a doorway or something like that. Uh, not sure what part of that, that promo she's in. It's like on I think like 15 seconds in or something like that. But yeah, we're getting Arrowverse's Batwoman yes. returning in Flash uh, season nine. So you, you watch, did you watch much of that or have you watched all of that series? I watched the first several seasons. Uh, once they revealed who the reverse flash was, then it kind of got like repetitive. Yeah. They were just like telling the same story over and over again. And while there was some new stuff in there, that just wasn't enough to keep me invested. So yeah. I kind of died. Did you watch Batwoman? I, I didn't. Uh, not when Ruby Rose was on it, and then when they replaced her, I didn't watch that either. And and the real reason for that is I was so burnt out on like the Arrowverse stuff. It had just gotten so like CWE, like altogether yeah. the whole all of them. League of uh, League of Tomorrow, Legends of Tomorrow, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, uh, Arrow, uh, Flash, and uh, Batwoman. All of them were just kind of like so watered down. I just couldn't get into yeah. it. Well, when you watch something like Titans and then you go to CW's version of stuff like that, uh, to me, I don't know. I, I, I still haven't finished Titans. I need to get caught back, jump back on that. You're the one that turned me on to that. I tell you what, I was shockingly, like, I loved it. I'm not even going to lie. And to me, that, yeah. that's been, that has been been more intriguing than any CW product I've seen. Yeah, and, and the Titans was okay. Season one was okay. It really found its footing in season two. Um, and season three was good. Um, and they really did the, uh, they really did the red hood story in a decent way. They didn't do it like great, but it was decent enough that I, I enjoyed it. Um, Taylor says that season one and two of arrow was peak, uh, uh, Taylor. The reason for that is that season one, two and three of arrow are unapologetically a, a carbon copy of bat of dark Knight, right? Dark Knight, No, Batman begins dark Knight and dark Knight rises. And it was intentional. 
Mm. They they took those three movies and told them in an episodic way. Uh, um, and that's why they're so good, because they were just ripping off Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Dang. <clears throat> Let's see what else we got on here. Hugh Jackman is uh, was getting interviewed by a, a, a French magazine, I believe, or, or some kind of French company. And he actually never trust the French. They're the worst. <laughs> but uh, he literally released that he will be playing a dual role in uh, Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds. So now the question is, will we be getting Hugh Jackman, as you mentioned earlier, playing Hugh Jackman and we get, you know, him as Logan, as we all know. Or will we get Logan and then will we get the fan service getting to see him as a variant in the yellow suit that we've all been longing for that we got teased in the end of the Wolverine in credit scene? Or maybe we'll get ponytail Wolverine and then regular Wolverine and then zombie Wolverine <laughs> as they jump through the different universes and time streams, you know, just mm -hmm. like Dr. Strange. Or will we get a opening scene of the movie with Deadpool still jumping through time? And he shows up where Hugh Jackman is reading the script for Logan. Knowing that Wolverine's going to die. Kills Hugh Jackman so that he never takes the role. And then revives the character so that he can then do a movie with him as Wolverine. My God. <laughs> I honestly, right. I wouldn't even put any of that past him. I really, I really yeah. wouldn't. You know, like how he kills Ryan Reynolds while he's reading the, <laughs> the script uh, for Green Lantern? script, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Or will we get, will we get them uh, going through <laughs> jumping through the verses to where we actually see Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds doing their gin and coffee uh, commercials together? Yeah. <laughs> oh, or we, we, like, it would be awesome to see them just like, jump through the background of one of those commercials. Or, or, or that that would be great, seriously. Or he, he like uh, literally like sabotages Hugh's uh, coffee company to where it fails and it never actually takes off or something. <laughs> Oof! Yeah. Oh, uh, see what else we got here. Taylor Burton, this script is writing itself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, with the Mint Mobile ad somewhere in the middle of it. I, it wouldn't shock me if actually he threw that in there. I'm really shocked we haven't got any more uh, trailers. What what is it? Uh, what is Ryan Reynolds' uh, film company called? Oh, production company. It is a uh, maximum, maximum effort. effort. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised we haven't, you know, he put out like two or three little small little maximum effort clips in the past. I'm really shocked that we haven't, haven't been getting anything like that, you know, put out like little teasers or little funnies uh, just leading up to this, uh, the movie. Yeah. I think that they're really holding tight to this until they have the film done before they start the marketing campaign. Uh, that's, I don't, I'm not sure, yeah. but Yeah. Uh, phase five uh, may reconnect Agents of Shield uh, for you Agent of Shield fans out there because they are rumoring the uh, character Quake to be returning in MCU. My favorite character from Agents of Shield was Quake. Uh, I loved the the character Daisy growing into their powers as an Inhuman, and then that was kind of the only through line in Agents of Shield that made it worth watching into the later seasons. Um, I watched part of the first season and never got through the whole season. Really? Yeah. Um, there's the whole mystery of how um, Agent Coulson came back to life and what happened there. And I mean, that whole thing was kind of fun um, all the way up to the, the release of the Inhumans. And I do think, I do feel like the Inhumans TV show being an absolute bomb caused agents of shield to lose a lot of viewership. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So you, they were tying the they were tying Agents of Shield into Inhumans, and then Inhumans failed miserably, and so everything they were building up to with Agents of Shield just kind of didn't feel like it needed to be done. Got the residual uh, of the Inhumans. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. So Ant Man Three Rider is actually devastated by all these critics that are bashing it, running it down. I mean, you get IGN, Rotten Tomatoes. There's so many of them that are out there trying to convince us that this is a bad show and Marvel's failing. Uh, also, uh, so he got, he's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to kind of be like a spy amongst, uh, theater viewers. So I'm gonna go to the cinema myself and not let anybody know who I am. Not that we really know who a lot of these writers. Oh faces God, anyway. isn't yeah. the writer oh, for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, he decided to go to a theater just to kind of see the audience reaction and stuff. And, uh, literally he said, as I'm walking out of the cinema, he said, people were laughing. People were excited. They were just pumped up and talking about it. He's like, so I know the movie delivered. It did what it was supposed to do. He's like, it just really confuses me why all these critics are doing and saying what they're saying, even though it's not true. So I, it has just become very, very trendy to take shots at the king. Yeah. Um, when when you have uh, when you have built a a a universe and and pulled so many different elements together to make one like cohesive thing people will just take shots at you and that has become the thing that they are doing against marvel they are just trying to um they're trying to uh it, it, i almost believe that it's to the point where they don't think they're going to do any damage by doing it that marvel's just going to be okay uh that the movies will uh you know they're going to be hits regardless so now it's it's fun to just bash on it um and it is i mean it, 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 it's go. gotten draining for sure to, to see that show after show after show movie after movie after movie it's stupid i mean li literally like i mean they're reigning they're the kingdom and literally it's just all these other kingdoms below them just trying to take it down and they're taking whatever shots they can uh as ben says uh, oh no, it's Taylor. Like I like to point out, there's a Batman poster behind you. Is it meant to be there, or is this plot armor for me to point it out so you can complain about plot armor and take the poster down out of defiance? No, actually, I wanted something that really well represented. It was the same type of artwork that uh, you know represented me and Danny. So this is actually uh, Danny's uh, that I got for him for us hanging in the studio and, and the whole. So you know our love for Marvel and DC. But currently, it's just hanging up in my house until the studio's done. So yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I really fell in love with the the charcoal art of these uh, canvases, and literally, it's the only two things that were the same artwork. I was like, you know what? It's very diverse. 50-50 Marvel DC. I'm trying to grow here and support my partner. So I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, man, do you have anything else uh, that I might have missed or not wrote down? No, I, I think that for uh, as slow as the news week was, we had 12 things to hit. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's this week of Rumor Mill. These rumors are milled. So we got a... Um, we got the seventh episode of Last of Us this week. Uh, did you get a chance to watch that? Uh, I did. I did. It's really good. So what we got is the uh, Wyatt. Just a uh, just so you're aware, this the top five this week is super pets. Uh, so that is any kind of super pet. I would say that any classical pet, like a dog that is a superhero 
or a, a pet of a superhero. Either of those would work. Um, the uh, this episode, there, so there was a spinoff to the Last of Us game, uh, which told <laughs> rumor thirteen. Still no Beta Ray Bill. <laughs> Taylor <laughs> someday, <laughs> someday. Uh, the this was the story of of the uh, add on content for Last of Us. Uh, the first game um, and it is a story of how um, Ellie ended up uh, meeting Joel eventually, or uh, actually it's her first experience getting bitten. Um, and-, and, also, and also I feel like this is where Danny chimes in on every season of anything we review. And I picked up on this where this ended up being the classic backstory filler episode it's definitely a filler episode for sure but the the great thing about it being this filler episode is that this story actually is from the game this actually happened you actually played through it um it was a little more actiony in the game for sure uh but these are characters that we do know from the last of us game so this while while this was unnecessary to move the story or plot Mm -hmm. forward it was a story that i did want to see on screen and so i'm glad it happened so uh a yes filler e it's filler ish sure their episode uh do you think that uh and you may know since you played the game do you think that they will actually continue to let us know how that went or are they just kind of leaving it to our knowledge that hey she got bit she turned she didn't and that's it i i what are we at we're at episode seven so we've got uh two three episodes left before the series is over i hope they don't spend a second episode on what the hell happened here um if anything i hope they open with a uh a, a flashback that shows you know how ellie dealt with that she killed her probably probably why well, um, was her first but but we'll see um but the um i i, I hope that if if we spend some time on it in the next episode, it's not all of the time. I hope that we do get yeah. back to the story of what's going on with the two of them and, you know, Joel recovering and, and the Ellie learning a few survival instincts on her own since Joel's not there to teach her and she's in the wild. Uh, I, I want to get to that story because that's the like the best parts of Last of Us. The game uh, is that from that point forward. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So. So it's, it's probably about to really pick up even pace even more than us. Yeah. Like in the game, it, uh, it's up till that moment that Ellie is like a liability in the, in the game. Yeah. And after that moment, Ellie is like so fun to have alongside you. It just makes the game so much better. So it'll be really interesting to see what it's like on screen when we get, when we, when we return to where they're at. Nice. Thank you. That would, that would be pretty cool though. Uh, I don't know the visual of when they went into that mall and then she kicked on that electric man. I, you can't imagine yeah. being living in a world like that, however long it's been 20, 30 years, and then all of a sudden you get all those neons, bright lights, and stuff like that something you've never seen in your life before. And honestly, it's just visually appealing too, just us as you know, viewers. Yeah, Ed Boone, the creator of Mortal Kombat, said that he was he loves the show, and so whenever they turned around to a Mortal Kombat camp uh, arcade cabinet, he said he just lost his shit. I bet. He didn't <laughs> expect to see Mortal Kombat two in the show, and he was just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> so, I, I think that's great. Um, you know, uh, a lot like um, dragging Joel into a safe place to keep him alive. Whenever you have a pet, it's very important that you keep them alive too, and that you spay and neuter them. Uh, Bob Barker taught me that. But <laughs> top five this week, we're talking about top five super pets.
Landon, you're getting really good at that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you. So Blake Bob Parker definitely taught us that, man. This is one yeah. of my like childhood memories that's burned in my mind from watching it with my grandma. Spay and neuter your pets, or Bob Barker will kill you. Yeah. Uh, he will hand down a happy Gilmore level ass whooping on you. You know, and, and as a kid, always hearing that, you know, you really don't understand, like, when you're like six, eight, seven, eight years, like, why would you do that to a pet? And why is this man so adamant every day about it? <laughs> yeah. Until you've got like a neighborhood full of stray cats, and then you're right. like, this sucks. Spay and neuter your cats. <laughs> but anyway, Blake. Would you like to give us your number five yeah number five red wing uh red ring was the uh falcon uh, sidekick or pet i guess you'd call it and also even to when he became cap he was still uh his pet had a telepathic link with him uh, that was the powers it had and i mean falcon was part of the avengers pet uh series or whatever in the comics as well uh helped chase down missing infinity stones and also was part of the Battle of Thanos at the White House in the comics. So, uh, yeah, Red, Red Wing. Uh, and then also, I know it's not a pet in the MCU, but Red Wing is so badass in the MCU, too, even though it's just a drone. <laughs> so uh, yeah. just, just the things that it does. But, yeah, Red Wing, number five. Yeah, and the um, uh, the fact that uh, Falcon, who is a human that f is in a bird costume, can talk to an actual bird who helps him out on things, that's so cool. Like, uh, that, that, kind of, uh, that kind of writes itself. Uh, and and then there's also the uh, NSFW connotation of the term Red Wings, um, and uh, I mean I'm not going to get into that, but uh, uh, I, I wonder <laughs> which came first is all I'm going to say, and uh, leave it at, leave it at that. Land uh, <laughs> Landon, uh, what do we have in the chat? We got one. Billy Rhodes, number five, is Silky from Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Unless Beast Boy counts as a pet, then him instead. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could count Beast Boy as Raven's pet for sure. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> and that's all we have in chat for right now. Wow, chat is uh, running slow today. I will go ahead and give my number five. Uh, so uh, my number five is Batman's favorite pet. Uh, it is it is his uh, little alien sidekick, Superman. Uh, yeah, uh, he you know that's why he's the leader of the Justice League. You know, he takes his takes his pet to work with him, uh, lets him fight superhero supervillains for him. You know, make sure that he's in a sunny place like Metropolis, where he can you know get lots of exercise and uh, you know fetch criminals and all of the things that you need from your uh, your pets. And uh, I think that that's you know it's one of the best things that Batman has ever done is uh, you know allow Superman to to have the freedom that he has for sure. Uh, we got a few more in chat. Uh, Trina Stewart's number five is boy. Yes, John Wick's pet dog from the uh, second, the end of the first movie and the second and third film. Uh, boy is a good, good boy. Wyatt Hickman's number number five is crypto. Same with Deontay Lifter and Ben Stewart. That's an easy one. That's a lob. I mean, Crypto is literally the, the super dog. Um, uh, or, there's been several variations of Crypto as well, because there's the uh, the classic uh, dog from Krypton origin. And then there's also the uh, Young Justice version where he is actually a clone with the uh, um, 
uh, Kryptonian DNA spliced into him. And I think that out of all of them, out of all the different cryptos, that's my favorite, I think. Um, and crypto's origins are actually not from the Superman comics. They're from the Superboy comics. Hmm. Uh, he's, he's for the uh, Superboy version, which a lot of the weird Superman stuff comes from the Superboy stories. I think they felt safe for telling weird stories that way. And is also in the latest DC animation film, Super Fits. Yes, voiced by The Rock, right? Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, and, and funnily enough, uh, Keanu Reeves voices Batman in that. Yes. Yeah. Don't kill his dog; <laughs> he'll murder you. Taylor Burton's number five is Shadow Facts. Ah, come Shadow Facts, show us the meaning of haste. The king of all horses, Shadowfax, uh, carried Gandalf to the greatest battles of Lord of the Rings. Uh, just an incredibly fast horse. That's that's his whole thing. Shivam, uh, Shivam Patel's number five is Nightwing's pet, Haley. Nightwing's pet, Haley. Not familiar with it, Shivam, and I apologize because Nightwing is my favorite character from DC. So I should know this, uh, but I don't know who Haley is. Ben, if you want to fact check that for me, I'd appreciate it. While we're waiting on that, Balake, would you like to give us your number four? Yeah, Haley's a pit bull puppy. Oh. Uh, number four, Lockjaw, the inhuman dog, uh, was able to uh, teleport. Massive, massive bulldog that had teleportation powers. Not only could it teleport himself, but anybody that was with him, he could teleport as well. I'm a huge fan of teleportation, still waiting for that to be invented. So I had to put him down in there just because of my love of teleportation. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, actually, fun fact, teleportation, teleportation has been invented. They were able to move one molecule from one space to another through teleportation. So they just got to scale it up to where they can move humans in full pieces, and then we'll, we'll get there. Um, uh, Lockjaw, not, not only is he a side, not only is he a pet, but he is a full-fledged member of the Inhumans. He stands with all of the rights and abilities in the team that every other member of the team has. Like, he's not just a, a sidekick. He's like the Hulk on the Avengers. He's part of the team, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, Lockjaw's pretty cool. And he's got that, like, tuning fork on his forehead. Yeah. So yep. That's useful. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you ever want to do a slingshot, put a band around it, Slingshot anything off his head. And uh, uh, did you mention that he's in the Pet Avengers? Uh, yeah. No, I didn't yeah. mention that. But he was in the yeah. Pet Avengers. Yeah. Along with Throg and uh, yeah. Red Wing and mm -hmm. a bunch of other colors. Heather, what do we have in chat? Taylor Burton's number four is also Lockjaw. Nice, nice. My brother. I mean, yeah, always stealing Blake's list. <laughs> Katrina Stewart's number four is K9. K9 from uh, Doctor Who. Uh, I don't know if you guys know that or not, but Katrina and I are huge Whovians. Uh, and K9 is a robot dog that flies and shoots lasers. Nice. Billy Rhodes, number four, is Ash's Pikachu from Pokemon. He's a total ride-or-die bitch. Dude, I mean, he keeps him he keeps him unevolved and just lets him keep gaining power and ability. And, you know, he carried Ash all the way to the championships. Hmm. So for the first time, Ash was the Pokemon champion last year. And, uh, you know... That's that's what it takes, man. Got to have a ride or die bitch like Pikachu. Deontay Lifter's number four is Aquaman's Storm. Uh, is Storm the seahorse? Seahorse, I, think I believe. Yeah. yeah, I think Storm is a seahorse. Uh, yeah, 
cool, man. Who doesn't want to ride a giant seahorse through the ocean? <laughs> Shivam Patel. I, I would. I'm not even gonna lie. Number four is also Lockjaw. You know, male seahorses carry the baby. They do. They carry the babies. And, uh, That's a fun seahorse fan. His storm was purple, buddy. Mm, yes. Yeah, I, I believe you are correct. Oh, giant purple seahorse. Ben Stewart's number four is Snoopy. Aw, Snoopy. Charlie Brown's uh, ace pilot dog, you know, lives on his, sleeps on top of his doghouse instead of inside of it. You know, impossible to feed. I guess, I guess him flying a plane is kind of like a superpower. What normal dog can do that, huh? I mean, also he can dance and walk on two legs and communicate. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I played Snoopy and you're a good man, Charlie Brown, my when year of high school. So I have a, a special connection to that character. Wyatt Hickman's number four is Sonic, if it counts. <laughs> Sonic counts? Yeah. Uh, I don't know whose pet he would be, but I mean, I guess from yeah, the he, he, movies. He James Marsden from the movie. Yeah, from the movies for yeah. sure. Although they were best friends, not pet, not his pet. But well, dogs are man's best friend. That's true. That's true. That's a great. Uh, that's a great point. I'll make later in my uh, my final number. <laughs> my number one. <laughs> what else we got in chat? Is that everything? Yep. My number four is Ludo from Labyrinth. Uh, Bog smell bad. Uh, if you've not seen the movie Ludo, you're missing out on. Uh, 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 David Bowie in tights with his package on full display in a children's movie. So that's fun. And uh, also a great story that involves friendship and the main character finds a bog monster named Ludo who helps him through, who helps her through the rest of the story. Um, and Ludo is incredible. He's huge. He can control rocks. Ludo's awesome, man. And there's a band named after him. That's also pretty good. <laughs> I'm not even sure what mystery from SpongeBob is. I've never mystery is that. SpongeBob's pet seahorse. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. And you hate yeah. SpongeBob SquarePants, so of course you yeah. don't know this. <laughs> uh, Blake, hit us with your number three. Number three, Gleek from the Wonder Twins, the purple monkey, who they can literally uh, use uh, Gleek as a conduit for their powers if they're too far away from each other, and he's got a pretty awesome tail that's pretty strong, but. Uh, yeah, a Gleek from the Wonder Twins. I grew up watching, I know I'm not a big DC fan, but I did grow up watching uh, Super Friends on Boomerang, and and they were always on it. Uh, actually, I actually enjoyed that that cartoon. I think, was that from the 70s, I believe? Yeah. yeah. And Wonder Twins was fun, um, and, and oddly enough, characters that were never actually in DC Comics, but they were a big part of the Super Friends uh, fun hour. And, and we were going to get, I think we, we talked about it last year, but we were going to get a live-action film with it, and they announced it, and literally the following week announced that they canceled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the guy that plays Archie in uh, Riverdale was cast right. as the, the boy. Right. Yep. Yeah, yep. and it got canceled like the week after they announced it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Landon, what do we have in chat? White Hickman's number three is the telepathic gorilla from the Flash before he went all solo. Gorilla, Grodd. yeah, yeah, Gorilla Grodd. That is Grodd. Uh, actually, Ben mentioned, uh, oh, that was on Saturday Night Nerds. On Saturday, he mentioned that Grodd is Flash's greatest villain, and he was not taking any uh, any uh, arguments on it. Taylor Burton's number three is Mr. Peabody. Oh, I remember uh, that. Yes, but whose pet is Mr. Peabody? Oh, he's Sherman's. No, he adopted Sherman. Sherman's his boy. Sherman would be the pet. 
they Taylor, should. come on, bro. No, but to be fair, I did say creatures that are commonly pets but are super. So Mr. Peabody, talking scientist with the ability to travel through time, uh, very much a Doctor Who um, reference, um, most of uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Uh, but yeah. Katrina Stewart's number three is Toothless. Oh, that's all. That's... Oh, wait, Toothless. Oh, off uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, dude. Who doesn't want a Toothless? Yes. Night Fury. Best yes. dragon out there. I'm not a cat person. I mean, I have some cats, but they're not my cats. Uh, but the fact that uh, of a giant flying cat that you can ride on, hell yeah, dude. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but they, they mo-capped and used a cat for all the movements for Toothless. Oh, no kidding. Huh. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, all of his movements and activities is based off of uh, uh, a cat. The, the Actually, huh. the writer's cat, I believe. Now, now that you say that, that actually does make sense, uh, all the movements that you think of. Huh. Taylor, don't go F yourself, brother. I, I, I was wrong. You were right, my guy. You could never be wrong. You can never be wrong, Taylor. You are a I've perfect never, human being. I've never heard of Taylor do anything wrong. So. No, me neither. I, I could not even fathom it. I, I immediately realized that I was an error. I mean, we try to tailor our lives after Taylor. So yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, what else we got in chat, Landon? Shiva McKell's number three is Ace the Bat Hound. Ace the Bat Hound, Batman's uh, Batman's pet dog. Uh, he was in uh, Batman: Brave and the Bold. Uh, he had a big part in that, and uh, he was featured in the original animated series for a few episodes. Um, but Ace is really cool, and uh, he's on my list. So we'll talk more about him in a minute. Billy Rhodes, number three, is Artax from Neverending Story. The death scene alone warrants a spot. Yes, Atreus' horse, Artax. Uh, the first major heartbreak I think I, I received from watching a movie was whenever Artax drowned in the quicksand. Blake, are you not familiar with Neverending Story? I watched it like twice when I was little, little. Oh, I, I, have, I have hardly any memory of it. I know you got the big bite furry was thing that dragon flies on dragon yeah. yeah and the boy and that's about all the memory i have of it yeah well okay well atreyu goes on his his quest and he rides his horse artax through the whole quest and then they're best friends and mm -hmm. uh near the end of the movie he's trying to get him through the swamp of eternal sadness and artax falls into the quicksand and he can't get him back out and he just has to sit there and pull he's like pulling on him trying to get him out of the quicksand as he sinks and mm. dies in front of him, and he couldn't do anything about it. So he's trying to get him to the swamp of eternal sadness. Through the swamp of eternal oh, sadness, through, they're trying to get like, to the other side of it. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, like sounds like a real great uh, place to want to go to. <laughs> yeah. Deontay Lifters number three is old lace. Old lace. That is the Velociraptor from the Runaways. Uh, both the comic book and the television show that was on Hulu. Uh, and yeah, that's a fun character. Who doesn't want a pet Velociraptor? Yeah, exactly. Nobody doesn't want a pet Velociraptor. Exactly. I mean, especially after we all watched uh, Jurassic uh, World, you know, get blue. That, that's what there made you even think that's even more believable that you can have a pet, you know, Velociraptor. So. Yeah, I, I think if I had to choose between Old Lace or Devil Dinosaur, though, I'd take Devil Dinosaur. Mm -hmm. uh, well, did you get one hit number three? Just don't want to have a Velocipaster. Ooh, one of the greatest movies of all time ever. The Velocipaster. Oh my god. I haven't seen it. I've seen I haven't it. either, but it's I've just seen mean. the 
yeah. It's such a great meme, but I would is. I don't know that I would ever invest that kind of time that I will never get God, back. No. <laughs> ben Stewart's number three is Jake from Adventure Time. Oh uh, man. I would love to have a Jake. Dude, hell yeah. He stretches, he's got super abilities. He uh oh yeah, that's a good point. Uh, he stretches, he's got superpowers, super strength. He can turn into a Jake suit that, uh, Finn can wear, um, super, he can turn into a car like Jake's cool. And he's voiced by Joe. He's Joyce by he's voiced by John DiMaggio, uh, who was also, uh, Bender from Futurama. And it's, it's impossible not to compare the two, but two of my favorite characters from the cartoon series of all time, uh, mm. both voiced by the same guy. Making pancakes, making baking pancakes. <laughs> uh, my number three is Dexstar from the uh, Red Lantern Corps. He is a human. Uh, he is a human cat who was treated horribly on Earth until he gained a level of rage that was so strong. I said a human cat. He's an Earth cat <laughs> who gained a level of rage that was so strong that he attracted a Red Lantern ring to him and became one of the scariest members of the Red Lantern Corps. Dexstar is a total beast. Whose pet was he? Uh, he was a little old lady's pet, and uh, then she died, and, and he went out into the streets. It's uh, Thank you for that spelling, Landon, but it's Dex, D-E-X, star. Uh, but he went out into the street where he was beaten up by a bunch of teenagers and mistreated, and uh, right. he he got so angry and wanted revenge so strongly that a Red Lantern ring found him on Earth and gave him the abilities of a Red Lantern so he could get revenge. Wow. Yeah. Dexstar's the right. shit. Blake, to you give us your number two? Number two, Dogpool. Literally, probably like is known as one of the most powerful pets with uh with superpowers at all. Has the same healing capabilities as Deadpool. Can you know use weapons and be as, as swift and violent with <laughs> I guess you said to say uh like Deadpool with guns and all that. But yeah, Dogpool man, L literally the probably the most powerful pet in the Marvel universe, anyways. And, and Dogpool spun out of the Deadpool core where Deadpool made a team of Deadpools from throughout the universe that were all different from him. Uh, one of them was Headpool, which was the zombie head of Deadpool from the Marvel <laughs> Zombies universe. Then there was Lady Deadpool, who is a very hot version of a very hot female version of Deadpool. And Deadpool consistently hit on her, even though it's just him. Uh, there was Kid Pool, who was a kid from a world where they had lightsabers, and so those two katanas are actually lightsabers. And then there was the aforementioned Dog Pool, who was a stray who got turned into a lab experiment, who got the abilities of Deadpool. And I don't remember how he got his mask, uh, but he had the Deadpool mask and everything. And uh, Wade recruited him to be on his team. <laughs> sure, of course he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the coolest thing about Headpool is that he's got one of those propeller hats and he controls it psychically and that's how he moves because he doesn't have any <laughs> arms or legs or a body. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Land or Heather, what do we have in chat? Wyatt Hickman's number two is Bolt. I mean, he is the super dog from, uh, from Pixar's Bolt. Uh, what what did he played a, a dog that had superpowers in the film yeah. and, yep. and then he actually ended up not but he thought heart, he did in his heart he was one yeah he was really basically just buzz lightyear as a dog yeah, yeah. he totally believed who he was who he thought he was supposed to be even though he wasn't right. um and he was voiced by john travolta if i remember correctly 
Oh, huh. yeah. It's been, it's been a minute since I watched it. Billy Rhodes number two is dog meat from Fallout Universe. Landon, can you speak to whom that is? Okay, so dog meat is a dog companion that you can recruit in almost every Fallout game besides Fallout New Vegas, if I remember right. Uh, and in that one, they have a totally separate dog companion. But dog meat is just a consistent part of the Fallout universe at this point. There's not really much to him besides the fact that he shows up, though. I mean, that's really all you need out of a dog. Show up, be consistent, be there. That, who could ask for a better pet than that? Shivam Patel's number two is Toto from Wizard of Oz. Aw. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. His superpower is escaping the witch. Yeah. And uh, Toto's the one that sets her on fire, isn't he? Uh, I think he does like he uh he reveals the wizard. Toto reveals yeah, the wizard. He, he bites and pulls the curtain back yep. or something. Yeah, that's what it is. I thought he did something pretty significant. Taylor Burton's number two is Scooby Doo. Name another pet that solved as many crimes and eaten that much awesome food. Oh wait, that's true. <sighs> another pet that solved that many crimes and eaten and as smoked much that much marijuana. Yeah. Um. Oh, apparently that is not a Pixar film. Bolt Bolt is just Disney animation. Okay. Cool. Yeah, Katrina is uh, a huge Pixar nut. Uh, so I, I I didn't even see who that comment came from, and I knew it was her. Um, the uh, um, what about uh, what is it? What's the the drug dog? Uh, Smokey, not Smokey. Are you talking about McGruff? McGruff, the crime dog. What about him, Burton? Huh? I bet McGruff solved way more crimes. He was an actual licensed uh, crime detective. detective yeah. He worked his way up through the ranks. Has he eaten that much awesome food, though? I don't, you know, you never see McGruff eating. Probably not. Probably not. You know what? You got me on that one. Taylor, <laughs> twice today I have made the mistake of thinking that I could correct something you said, and uh, twice I was wrong. And yeah, I, I should learn my lesson. Slow learner. Thank you so much, my friend. <laughs> Katrina Stewart's number two is. Kilala? Hopefully I got that right. Karara, pronounced Kilala, from Inuyasha. Yeah, it's a big cat, I believe. Yeah, it's a, a big-ass cat. And uh, that's pretty much all I know about it, because I watched Inuyasha forever ago. Probably while Katrina was still in, like, junior high. <laughs> <laughs> Deontay Lifter's number two is canine. Yeah, Canine from Doctor Who. Great, great character, great dog. Um, I believe he was Tom Baker's initially, and then many, many, many years later, they brought him back for the David Tennant run. Um, but Canine is a great character from Doctor Who. Ben Stewart's number two is Gamba Bunta. Gamba Bunta, Naruto Sage Toad. Yeah, dude, that uh, he's a he's a smartass too. That's my favorite. <laughs> Katrina flipped me off. Uh, he's he's a he's a smart ass character. He's funny. Uh, he always brings a lot to the fights whenever he shows up. Uh, yeah. Whenever uh, Danny wanted to leave the house to go do something, he would flip that on for Katrina and give her a juice box and some animal crackers. <laughs> Bro, she knows where you live. What are you doing? <laughs> is that everything for the comments? It's the, it's the first joke that entered in my mind when, when, when you said that. You, I mean, you started the joke about the age. <laughs> uh, um, 
my number two, Blake, is Ace the Bat Hound. Uh, he's he's since been replaced as uh, as Batman's pet dog. Uh, I believe that Titan or Titus <laughs> is the newest Bat Hound. But uh, excuse me, bitch. <laughs> Trying to go and get you. Uh, I'm watching, I'm watching Ace the Hound, <laughs> yeah, longtime uh, fellow pet sidekick of Batman's, uh, solved way more crimes than Scooby Doo and ate a lot of delicious food that Alfred made. Uh, but I would never name him as opposed to Scooby Doo because Taylor Burton's always right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's my number two. Blake, are you ready? Would you please give me your number? One. Well, folks, that's the end of the show. We you left your headphones in. Uh, number one, man. Uh, this is one of my favorite all-time pets that I've seen uh, in animation. Actually, probably on TV in general, because I want one of these so bad. But Perry the Platypus from Phineas and Ferb. Man, Perry is the coolest platypus I've ever seen. Uh, but not just platypus, but the coolest pet. Even better than Scooby-Doo. Solves the mysteries, defeats the villains, whatever he's got to do. Has a cool magnifying glass and a badass hat. Perry the Platypus? <laughs> Always takes down doofenshmirtz. Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated. As a cartoon, man, like as an adult, I still love. Like it, Phineas and Ferb, I can rewatch over and over and over, and it never gets old. And actually, you get uh, my favorite. You got Marvel, Marvel, who joined Phineas and Ferb. Uh, on oh, that's movie true. There. Yeah, the Iron Phineas man, and Ferb meet the one. Avengers. Yeah, yeah. So. I've never seen it. Was that a good episode? It's good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So, yeah. I'm I'm surprised that uh, you weren't too busy watching Veggie Tales to. Oh, well, see, there's a huge age difference or a gap, age gap between Veggie Tales came out and uh, Phineas and Ferb. Ah, okay, so, yeah, but don't worry. I mean, you know, we can do a top five Veggie Tales next next week if you want because I can name all of them. So, absolutely not. <laughs> Landon, what do we have in chat? Taylor Burton's number one is his dog and cat. Their superpower is either making him very happy or very mad. There really is no in-between. That sounds just like kids, for sure. Uh, so those are super pets. Fantastic. And if they get to live with Taylor Burton, obviously they're better than every other version of a dog or cat in existence. Makes sense. Katrina Stewart's number one is Fox. Yes, the phoenix from Harry Potter, uh, Dumbledore's pet, uh, also uh, saved Harry a couple of times, uh, showing up with the sword of Godric Gryffindor in Chamber of Secrets. And then, uh, wait, was that Chamber of Yeah, it was Chamber of Secrets. And then, uh, you know, later in the series, uh, and also can like carry like seven times its body weight. It's nuts, dude. Wyatt Hickman's number one is Puss in Boots. It's a, who doesn't love Puss in Boots from the Shrek movies? It's Antonio Banderas. He's yes. basically Zorro. He's reprising his role as Zorro. A furry Zorro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's awesome. And, you know, he's gotten his own, what, like, are they on, like, their third Puss in Boots movie now? Second. Is it the second one? Okay. Is it really? Man, I thought yeah. it was more than that. 
There must be like some like little Puss in Boot animation series that was made like 15 minute long or something. Because I know there's like quite there's quite a few Puss in Boot. Uh, Wasn't there like a TV series or something? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I'm pretty sure they had a TV series on Netflix. I think the movie that just came out was the third movie though for Puss in Boots. I'm not sure. Could be wrong though. Who knows? It just released what like two or three weeks ago. It was it was recently for sure. Yeah. Billy Rhodes number one is. Snowy from the Adventures of Tintin. Exactly what every kid wants out of a dog best friend. Yeah, dude. Uh, the Adventures of Tintin is a series that I uh, is very near to my heart. I grew up watching the Adventures of Tintin cartoon series. Um, the live action, well, not live action. The CGI movie that they came out with was pretty good. It did a great job of keeping the Tintin canon while um, updating the characters. Um, but yes, yeah, Snowy, the, most of those stories would be untellable without Snowy there. He's a, a very in, integral part of, uh, of Tintin's, uh, adventures. Now I want, now I want Taffy down here. I miss my pupper. <laughs> Maybe Katrina will bring her to me while we sit here. Deontay lifters. Number one is chopper. The blue nosed reindeer doctor of the straw hat pirates. Ah, yes. Chopper, who ate the human-human fruit, and while he was initially just a reindeer, now has the ability to turn into a reindeer-slash-human hybrid. Um, and uh, he's a doctor, you know? He, uh, he, he went to medical... He went to pirate medical school. Um, he can cure almost anything, and he turns into a giant raging beast that can, you know, rip things limb from limb. Chopper's, Chopper's cool shit, man. Shivan Patel's number one is Dino Mutt. Blake, do you know Dino Mutt? Uh, I do not know Dino Mutt, I don't think. Dino Mutt is from uh, the Blue Falcon uh, cartoon series from Hanna-Barbera. Um, he is very much like Scooby-Doo with superpowers. It's basically what Dino Mutt is. Uh, hmm. he, he talks very similarly, and he helps uh, Blue Hang Falcon on. solve crimes. Gotcha. Uh, that actually does sound familiar. We'll look it up real quick. They were featured on an episode of Harvey Birdman oh, Attorney no, at Law. No, 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 yeah, Dino Dog Wonder. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I do remember this now. Now I visually see it. Yep, that yeah, was Dino definitely on Hanna Barbera. Oh, and actually, there's an animation where him and Scooby meet. So, yeah, yeah, there was definitely some crossover there between the characters. And but Dino is basically just a gray Scooby Doo with superpowers and a cape and a <laughs> yeah mask, domino mask. Wyatt, don't they have a crossover? <laughs> yeah. Ben Stewart's number I love one Ben's. is Black Cat. I'm sure she's played the part of Peter's pet in Spider-Man after dark at some point. She wears a collar for a reason. It. I mean, if I'm going to the pet store and my options are to bring Black Cat home or an actual cat, I'm bringing Black Cat home. 100 so ben yeah absolutely i love this that's a that's a great choice uh i'm gert is what uh uh taylor burton's one of taylor burton's pets i'm assuming because that was a comment on his comment hmm. is that all of uh chat i believe so yes my number one is the best biggest furriest dog in the galaxy from a long long time ago in a galaxy far away chewbacca Han Solo's best friend and his space mutt who he has uh, brought down the uh, the empire with and raised his son with 
and uh, gave up on his wife and kept on doing his adventures around the galaxy with his best buddy. Uh, Chewbacca is every man's ideal best friend, I believe. It's true. It's true. It's kind of sad, though, that you're taking the Wookiee race and, and comparing them to a dog. I can't believe that you're taking dogs and saying that they're not good enough to be compared to Wookiees. How Wookiee is so much better than a dare dog. you? So much better. Wow! Dog. Every dog mom in our chat is about to lose their shit. <laughs> okay, well that has been our top five for this week. Uh, join us next week while we when we do top five. Uh, what was it we picked while ago, Blake? Oh, Ve- top five Veggie Tales episodes. Your favorite top five Veggie Tales songs. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> a special guest Jared Hutchins will be here <laughs> for that episode. Um, we'll have it. We'll have a sing off. Uh, let's do top five mustaches. I'm kidding. Okay, good. I'll come up with something. Anyway, this has been top five. Uh, let's see. We I had one more thing I wanted to talk about. There's Last of Us uh, and huh? Mando. Oh yes, that is correct. The Mandalorian dropped the first episode of season three today. Blake, what are your impressions? Uh, it's a whole whopping thirty five minutes. Uh, honestly, right right at first, I'm like, you know, I see them on the beach, and at first, I thought we were getting a flashback. Uh, I, I don't know why, but I thought it was a flashback of Mando becoming uh, in Mandalorian. And then, lo and behold, nope, here comes Mando with his Naboo Starfighter saving the day, which that was a pretty cool scene. I, I enjoyed that scene. That was fun. Uh, but then, you know, it got on. We get some uh, story building up. We're going somewhere. Uh, it's cool. We get to see IG-11 again. Uh, you know, we, ha- we have Grogu not chasing after frogs now. He's chasing after these little aliens. And wanting what the to hell are those up. things? <laughs> I don't know, but I did love that scene. I don't, I don't know why, but I just love it. And uh, next thing I know, I'm like, all right, we, we're getting to be getting somewhere with this episode. I'm, I'm guessing this episode is going to be an hour long. That was my assumption. And then I'm like, oh, we got nine minutes left, and well, we get Bo-Katan, you know, uh, she, we get her and find out that she's kind of just giving up on that and tells Mando go, go lead the rest of them. Did you have the sword? She and, is salty. So salty. And I, do you notice, like, as she's walking away, she's like, see you later, Mando. Like, you catch real quick, he's, like, just shaking his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I I could not believe how, like, disillusioned Bo-Katan had become. I'm assuming she'll yeah. pop back up later in the series. Oh, for sure. And we'll see her again. But, yeah, that that really caught me off guard watching it. The uh, the whole thing with uh, um, the opening and, and her telling Mando to go uh to the waters of uh mandalore i that was from boba fett right uh, i believe that was featured in boba fett yeah, which is I where think, we no, saw that scene before where they yeah were they on that ship and they were fighting or whatever that was at station yeah so i i initially was thinking like didn't we cover this already like why is he back for this but i guess it was just the full scene as opposed to the clip we got from mm-hmm. uh from uh boba fett uh yeah uh not a lot of story moving forward with this this episode no. felt like it was all set up and you said it was 35 minutes but it felt much longer to me oh really um yeah i did not feel like it was that short uh maybe it was just the way i was watching it i you know i was getting stuff done this morning while i was watching it so it was like mm-hmm. i was kind of in and out the whole time but uh it did seem 
I, I didn't notice that it was that short. Uh, so I, I expected usually I feel like our first episodes are longer than that uh, on, on these series. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought they were closer to like 45 to 55 minutes long. And I, I want to say this is one of the shortest first episodes we've gotten out of the Disney Plus series besides like She-Hulk or something like that. But it was really like for all of that, that the scene where he got out into in, in space and his kick-ass space hot rod and outmaneuvered the other uh, the pirates yeah. and shut them down. I think that was pretty badass. That was pretty like, cool. And, and what's that you do not mess with uh, Din Jaren. You just don't. Yeah. And, and once again... This just feel it, it just gives you that good nostalgia Star Wars feel too. Still, like I don't know what it is about Mandalorian. I guess that's their baby, so that's the one they're going to make sure nothing tops it. But it just gives you that good Star Wars feel that you crave and you, you yearn for. I liked uh, Billy Rhodes' suggestion of a top five fictional foods list. What do you think of that? I'm cool with it. Is there, is there a crap ton of them out there? I guess. I mean, should be at least ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need for our show. <laughs> uh, we did do a top five uh, f- uh, fictional weapons uh, in a episode a couple of years ago. Or yeah, the... we did. Yeah, because Heather had a list for it too. Uh, that that usually means Google, uh, Heather googled top five fictional weapons and pick like the pick like two through six, just so that it wasn't too. Uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm excited to see where they're going with this. I feel like the fact that we got such an underwhelming opening means that like the next episode is probably going to be packed. Yeah. Well, especially too, we now, we know now he's taking off on, on this journey and I, I, I feel like it's going to be another repeat and, and, and it's fine. I mean, we love them and they're, they're great episodes, but it always starts off with, he's got to go do this, but then it's another journey to go get this item. And then after that item's done, then it's to go back and do this one thing at the same place. And then it's got to get one more item and then it all brings together at the end. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it doesn't take, you know, six episodes to get IG 11 working again. I'm excited to see IG 11 back in the series uh, being, you know, everybody's favorite stroller. And uh, I, I'm excited. You know, I, I, I love anytime you give me more star Wars, I'm probably not going to complain. Uh, I'll take that back. Anytime you give me more Star Wars, I'm gonna. I might complain, but in the long run, I'm just happy that I'm getting more Star Wars, and I think that that's the. Um, the this is the best Star Wars stuff they give us right now. Yeah, it is. And I guess on top five fictional foods, since we can't really pick our top five favorites, since we've never had them, since they're fictional, I guess we can do our top five fictional foods that we would want to try. Yeah, definitely. Let's do that. Moff Gideon returns for round three. <laughs> I I think that we'll probably get something leading into the Ahsoka series. So we may not just get Moff Gideon. We may get... Um, uh, <laughs> what did I miss? Ben. Ben. Let's see. Crazy. Black Cat's my number one from... <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good that's good um but yeah so anyway i'm i'm excited we're getting the the pre-vizsla character um john favreau's character from uh rebels and leading all the way up into mandalorian um he he's like 
playing. He's played like three generations of this character. Um, he's mm-hmm. continuing to play that family line, and uh, he's back for this. And he also wrote this episode. Um, so that's exciting to see. I enjoy that character very much. And uh, I don't know. I'm just excited to see what's going to happen next week. Yeah, it's good to see old Carl Weathers again. Yeah. With both hands. Yeah. It really, I really hate that I didn't get in line for him at both fan expos we were at to get his autograph. Yeah. I would love to know because Carl Weathers was the original Creed in the mm-hmm. the Rocky movies, right? I would yes. love to know his feeling on seeing the Creed movies Apollo. continuing, like the third, yeah. yeah, the third one coming. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was Apollo Creed. The yeah. third one coming out now, and you know he's he hasn't gotten to be a any, a part of any of it because Apollo Creed died in the in Rocky Rocky three in Rocky wait so three or four. I don't remember when they fight the Russians. Here. I think it was four. I think that's four. I think you're right. Because uh, the first two There's are two Rocky and Apollo. <laughs> well, the first two are Rocky and Apollo fighting. He loses to him in the first one. He beats him in the second one. The third one is Hulk Hogan, and the fourth one is the Russians. <laughs> Deontay, man. <laughs> it's four. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I still need to finish watching uh, Andor. I uh shoot, I do too. I haven't yeah, I haven't I gotten past episode that. three yet. And I've heard yeah. so many great things about it. I just I've well, heard that once you get past episode three, it gets really good, and that's where I stopped watching it. <laughs> we've been we've all been real pissy lately, so <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh well we do have anime con coming up uh one month from now, April first. Yeah. We've got uh Adasa, the voice of Dis- Dolores from Disney's Encanto, who will be here. Uh, we also have Rick Robertson, the voice of Deborah from Dragon Ball Z, yep. Dragon Ball Super, and then the Dragon Ball Z video games. Um, he was also the voice of Yami and Yu Yu, Yu Hakusho. And we have Morgan Berry, who has l- voiced a ton of characters. So, yeah, you, fun fact: you naming them all off the other day, and it was just insane. It, list. It's a long list. Uh, a fun fact: um, in in case you're just missing our rabid squirrel quite a bit, uh, Brittany Shelton will be at AnimeCon to do the panel interview for Morgan Berry. She is excited to come back. She wants to hang out with one of her favorite anime vo- voice actors, and we were happy to have her come help. Um, we also will be doing our ramen eating contest that day uh, on Saturday. Uh, Blake is very excited about that. I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna see a lot of people stuffing a lot of ramen in their face, and that's kind of the point. Um, and uh, on top of all of that, we're just gonna have a great, great weekend. Uh, and also, we've got some other big news coming up. Some stuff we've been working on that's a little outside of the the nerd fandom stuff. But if you're a fan of uh, of of westerns uh, and uh, adventures and one of the most popular television shows on uh, on on network television right now. Uh, hang tight because we got a, another announcement coming here fairly soon for what's going on with Cape Events. Uh, Blake, anything else you want to share with the fine folks at home? Man, I think you knocked it out of the park. Uh, well, also, as always, again, it is... you want to mention our merch store again? Uh, we got all kinds of merch on that that you've designed. That's that's awesome. Yes, go to comicallyincline.com. And check out the merch page. There is some great merch on there. Um, Blake finally got his shirts after the <laughs> second time buying them. Yes, uh, and also and... Uh, get on our website and subscribe to our monthly uh, newsletter. Yes, the new newsletter just dropped. Uh, it's got some great stuff in it. Uh, the design team, i.e. Katrina, does an incredible job with that stuff. Uh, and 
yeah, definitely go to the website. Also, uh, if you were a fan of the No Post on Sunday uh, series that I did for a while there, it's coming back, and the um, movie reviews will be coming back to our blog page as well. So keep your eyes open for that stuff at comicallyinclined.com. Also follow us on social media, and also follow cape events uh, our instagram just went live for cape events uh, go check that out um, as well and you can listen to us on any streaming avenue that's out there apple music twitch youtube facebook spotify we're pretty much on it all yeah and keaton's doing a great job of getting all of the episodes up big shout out to keaton for being on top of that shout out to our technical and production team uh heather and landon for being on top of the show tonight we appreciate you guys and Ben for being the uh, third host in the comments and fact checking sometimes. Uh, Deontay's getting the fudge duck shirt. Brittany will love to hear that. Um, but anyway, for Comically Inclined, we'll catch you later. <laughs>